Hello and welcome to the first podcast in our CSRD Demystified series. My name is Aileen Buchanan. I'm joined today by my colleague James Marlowe. We're both managing associates in Linklater's ESG team. Today we will be introducing at a high level the CSRD and then other episodes in the series will pick up on particular points of the regime in some more detail. James, CSRD is the latest of the many acronyms which are popping up in the ESG space. Can you briefly explain to us what it actually is? Thanks, Aileen. So the CSRD is the EU's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, which came into force in January this year. It is part of a recent raft of EU legislation which seeks to encourage increased focus on sustainability, in this case by requiring sustainability disclosures. Okay, understood. And what does it actually require? So at a high level, the CSRD expands the existing requirements in the EU introduced by the Non-Financial Reporting Directive, which already imposes certain requirements on a limited set of the biggest EU companies to disclose on sustainability matters. The CSRD expands the existing regime in terms of both which entities will be in scope and also in terms of what information needs to be disclosed. But taking those one at a time, and I know you, Aileen, and our EU colleagues have been advising a lot of clients on this recently, which entities are in scope of the CSRD? It's a good question. The CSRD application tests are very complex, but taking it back to a very high level, it will apply in four phases, with the first phase kicking in in 2025 in respect to the financial year 2024. It will apply first to large listed companies, wherever incorporated, with over 500 employees. The second phase is then large EU companies and non-EU listed companies with over 250 employees. Then thirdly, listed small and medium enterprises. And finally, certain non-EU parent companies, unless they have already been caught by previous phases. So there's quite a lot to work through there. I suppose going back to my second point from earlier, what is it then that InScope entities need to report? Entities will need to report on a broad range of sustainability related information. Detailed requirements are set out in a full suite of reporting standards, which have been developed specifically for this purpose. And we'll cover those in more detail in an episode later in the series. What is clear at this stage is it will require entities to take a new approach in terms of sustainability reporting. In particular, in terms of how to report for entities in the value chain and also how to analyse which information is material enough to require disclosure. Both of these we'll also cover in more detail in other podcasts in the series. James, what about companies who are subject to or voluntarily reporting against other disclosure regimes already? What does the CSRD mean for them? Thanks, Aileen. Uh, I think there are a lot of regimes incoming across the globe at the moment, including the EU, the US, parts of Asia, and in the UK, the latter of which already has existing climate disclosure requirements in the form of the new TCFD regimes that have been developed over recent years. Unfortunately, all of these regimes have a tendency to overlap without being identical. And that means that companies with international operations may find themselves needing to make different but similar disclosures. As I say, there is some overlap, which means that companies subject to more than one regime should be able to leverage off their different disclosures. But in particular, in relation to the EU, there is a different approach to materiality, which means there will be differences. And I know we'll come back to that in another podcast. 
Having said that, the regulators and standard setting bodies are aware of the challenges of their differing regimes, and it is an area of focus. But unfortunately, only time will tell as to where they all end up in terms of practical compliance with their own regimes and any concept of equivalence. All of which means there's quite a lot to consider in relation to the CSRD. If you were to sum up the key points to take away from this introductory episode, Aileen, what would your three key tips be? Thanks, James. I think firstly, it's having a think as early as you can, both in terms of working through which of your entities this is going to apply to. We find that some some companies are being surprised by that. And secondly, in terms of how you're going to approach getting the information that you do require. So getting ahead of the game is number one. The second point is that we are finding that this is requiring a lot of resource and time. And a lot of that resource requires expertise from across an organization, and also in a lot of cases, external expertise as well, which can be tricky to find. And then finally, as with any disclosure related regime, there is a need for good governance here in terms of how you identify necessary information, how you collate the data, and how you prepare and review those disclosures with a particular eye on managing greenwashing risk, which is a point that we have existing materials on and have covered in previous podcasts. We hope that all of this has been a helpful introduction to the CSRD. There is quite a lot to work through here, and we will be breaking it down further in other episodes in this series.